Welcome to iPhone. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to episode 68 of I4O. Um, get a nice little background view into our podcast stream. I had to fix this on the fly. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties with our streaming workflow, I guess is the only way to really say that. And um, just trying to build this stuff last second, but Thank you for bearing with us, just even though it was very smooth on your end being the listener, um, especially if you're listening after the fact that you don't have to deal with the perils of watching a Twitch stream. Um, we yeah, pretty much had that intro trailer to build the page that you're seeing right now, Irvin, <laughs> because I, I like totally forgot that I had to do that on two screens as well as the first one, but um i think no worries you've got it done you got it done that's the important part it'll i'm gonna try to resize it too on the fly during the show um as we transition but um we do have an excitingly boring week in technology this week um not to say that nothing happened but um definitely more could have happened than it did so, also, we did have a, a late show last week because of the Apple event. We waited yeah. to till that to wait for all the announcements. So not not nothing much happened over the weekend and since last Wednesday when uh, we talked last. So. Yeah, and we're pushed onto this revised schedule due to some fall activities that are going on in our lives. But um, so well, either way, thanks for bearing with us for both <laughs> both you and and anyone who's listening. But. Um, but yeah, um, we can we can make it do with some stuff. There's some follow-up news that is from iOS, uh, just some information from Apple, as well as uh, a couple of conspiracy theories as well that uh, we wanted to go over. <laughs> I know you were um, you were pretty amped about the one conspiracy with uh, the potentially discontinued Apple product. Um, well, it, it's not discontinued. It was never released. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, so, and many people who have seen the conference that have been following up with some of the uh, media around this would have probably, can probably take a guess at what we're talking about. But without further ado, I think we have a new version of iOS to talk about. Yes, we do. Not just iOS. There's a new watchOS as well, tvOS, HomePod, all your Apple products got updated today, except for uh uh, MacBooks with uh, macOS Mojave that's get, get, that gets out uh, later in the month. But uh, yeah, officially iOS 12 has launched uh, on the phones. Uh, go ahead and update. Yep. Uh, there's a whole slew of features uh, included uh, within this release. One of the m- most important ones I think is relevant for older iOS device owners, anything uh, above a 5S. So the same phones that currently have iOS 11 uh, still support iOS 12, which I think is great news. iOS 5S or iPhone 5S was released quite a long time ago, and it's really great to see Apple support these older devices, but not just support them and just get, you know, iOS running on them barely, but really improving the performance um, I think on average, uh, you should see about 30% faster app open times. The camera opens faster, takes pictures faster, things like that. So it's that really seems, good to see that. That seems to have been the focus of this whole Apple conference, yeah. just uh, improvements of like quality of life features, as well as um, just improving, like showing that they're really turning a new leaf from how we used we talked about them like not even a year ago about you had a rant episode dedicated to how angry you were with iOS for letting its quality slip yeah um, as well as the whole Apple ecosystem and this um this is like a good step forward in showing them that they are in fact taking this quality of life um improvement um and just overall fixes and updates just more seriously um yeah as well as some fun updates too like yeah Memojis. fun updates memojis now you if you have, if you have an iphone 10 and the upcoming of course the new iphones that were announced last week uh, you will be able to uh, create your own emoji and and customize mm-hmm. it to your heart's content uh, uh a past guest on the show 
uh, has used it on another podcast this week. It was very entertaining. <laughs> I was listening to that uh, this week. Oh, Doctor, you guys may have remember he was on the show a couple months back. Um, and it was fun seeing him uh, do the entire show as a Memoji. Yeah. Uh, very, very entertaining. Um, we have some improvements in photos. You, there's more uh, search features, more AI features, trying to mimic a lot of the stuff that uh, Google Photos has launched already. Mm-hmm. Um, search, search search based on uh, things that it finds in photos. You can combine searches with different uh, keywords. So if you want to search for a dog, it'll find a dog. But if you put like snow next to it, it'll find dogs in snow that you have taken pictures of. Um, and you can also now easy easily uh, share photos and also suggest sharing like it does in Google Photos now, um, where if it sees a person, right, and it knows that person is in your contacts because uh, you can tag people now based on their faces. It's like, oh, you want to share this picture with Matt? I see his, uh, he's in this photo. Then it will uh, do that uh, suggestion and then you can share it from there. Yeah, that's so it's a lot of stuff that Google Photos has been already doing, but I think Google Photos is one of the best products Google has released in a long time, and it's great that yeah that uh, iOS is trying to mimic that. One of the things that they play off of uh, that's related to Google, the way that Apple does photos is the privacy, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Apple touts is that they do all the processing locally on the phone. None of this goes into the cloud which is completely opposite what uh, Google does. Mm-hmm. So all the processing happens on their servers. They actually have a dedicated piece of silicon for this, don't they? Their neural chip or the like the neural yeah. processor or whatever. The neural, neural processor sits with this with phones who don't who have it. On older phones, it's just using pure CPU power mm-hmm. to do all these calculations and AI and try to figure out who's in the picture, what's in there, things yeah. like that. Um, and if you're concerned, you know, about the privacy implications of uploading all your photos, um, then you don't have to worry about it as much because all of that processing and searching and the, the logic behind the scenes happens locally on the yeah. phone. And say what you will about Apple um, with whatever, like, stance that you may have about, like, them as a company and blah, blah, blah. But, like, they're, they do have some seriously impressive hardware. Um, yeah. Like without a doubt, like their their tech is some of the best in the industry, and um, and like the one thing that um I don't know if you touched on I was trying to just continue to slowly repair the <laughs> the stream, but um they were doing their own form of Google's digital well being initiative. Yes, um, yeah. with the I believe it's called uh what was it called Screen Time. Yeah which like helps you manage the time you spend in apps. So you can like set timers for apps um, and see like more finite and granular information on, um, on like just how you are in the, like how many times you open the apps and like how How many times you pick up your phone, which is a horrible statistic for me. So as of today, (laughs) I picked up my phone 114 times. Okay. Um, I I received a total of 107 notifications um around four per hour which isn't that bad actually it'd be funny if you could like pair in like health stats with that too so like you could just be like hey what's my heart rate when checking instagram (laughs) (laughs) and actually i'm I'm proud of this stat. i only had facebook open for eight minutes the entire day you get really sweaty when checking reddit (laughs) (laughs) yeah reddit reddit was actually no today today has been pretty good it's it was a busy day for me yeah. Uh, so I only had Reddit open 29 minutes today. That's not bad. Um, not bad at I all. Have to check what I have in the digital well-being. But you know, it really, you know, keep, really exposes. It sort of highlights, puts in front of you all this information, and then you can make do what you want with that information, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also turn on app limits now. So you, if you reach, let's say, you set an hour for social networking apps, it'll ca- categorize all the apps that it considers social networking. Um, and then it wants to reach that limit through all the apps that are related to social networking, it'll pop up this screen that you reach your limit. Although it's very easy to just press this ignore the limit button and go back right to the app. It's like, no, no, so, I'm here for a reason. But it sort of gives you that stop. It's like, maybe I shouldn't open it. Maybe I should yeah, do something that's, else. That's and that's the important, important thing about it. Yeah, it gives I, you that pause that you wouldn't normally get. Yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of uh, good do not disturb updates as well uh one of my favorite do not start do not disturb uh updates is uh turning off or turning on uh do not disturb until i leave a particular location so mm-hmm. let's say i this is more relevant to me specifically let's say I'm, i go to a lot of meetings uh for my work and i can just press this button to turn do not do not disturb on mm-hmm. until I leave this particular location, um, and then I'll stop any notifications from coming through on my phone. And once I leave from where I was having that meeting, it'll turn back on, and then all my notifications come through. Yeah, uh, and before you were only able to do that with something like IFTTT or something like that. But uh, I don't think on on Android. on Android you probably could, but mm-hmm. I don't think on on iOS you can get you you could let IFTTT get that deep into the system and turn mm-hmm. it off. Uh, so do then, not disturb. Yeah. So that's a welcome feature then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do not disturb while uh, during bedtime also is great. So we've had do not disturb while driving, uh, mm-hmm. which completely locks out all notifications from your phone while driving. But now during bedtime, if you could set a bedtime, so you say. I'm typically in bed from 11 a.m. to 6 or 11 p.m. till 6 a.m. Uh, it'll just hide all notifications. I'm in bed from 11 p.m. to 6 p.m. <laughs> Let it stand on the record that I am a sloth at all yeah. given times. <laughs> but um, now I'm, I'm excited to see these updates. And it's especially from like an Android user and seeing them address some of the things that were my big complaints, um, especially with those like do not disturb. Um, Things like the uh, the notifications was a big thing for me. Um, the notification bundling that they have yes. implemented in iOS 12, yeah. which it's, is it's great. huge. Yeah, and then so I've been I've just uh, I've, I've probably said this on a previous episode, but I've I've been using iOS 12 since the first public beta. Uh, so if this is all of these features are really new to me. So I've had like a hard time. I was like, oh, what's really new? Because I've been using it pretty much since the beginning when, yeah. when it was available. But uh, one of the uh, so notifications you mentioned, grouping of those has been really useful. So if you get a bunch of notifications from one app, it'll just show up as one line within mm-hmm. your notification center. And then if you want to expand that, uh, you just click on it and it'll expand and show all the, all the notifications the really, that you got. The really nice thing is the um, instant tuning and the deliver quietly option yeah. they've implemented. Because now that means that you can set notification priority. So you can have high priority notifications, mm-hmm. which get like the whole, literally the bells and whistles right. of your phone. To and like it's so easy, so easy to access too, because previously you had to go into the settings and change by app by app basis. But now yeah. you can just pull down your notification center. If you, pre- uh, if you slide just to the uh, left or right, uh, actually, no, slide to the left a little bit, you'll get a manage view and clear all. So if you don't go to manage, you can, Let's say an app is just annoying you and sending all you all these notifications. You just slide it to the left a little bit, open up manage and just say turn it off or mm-hmm. deliver it quietly. And it's so quick to just like, okay, I'm done with this notification. Yeah. No, it's, it's really nice. Um, a lot of big improvements in Siri. The main one yep. is the uh, Siri shortcuts. Uh, so Siri shortcuts, I think, is a game changer in terms of what uh, possibility uh, now, is this that, different from the standalone shortcuts app, or is this the same so, thing? Yeah, so in previous betas, this wasn't available. So now there is an actual Siri shortcuts app that you can download from the Play Store. Um, and you mean within the iTunes Store? <laughs> <laughs> or the App Store? I, I, I do mean the App Store. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can uh, create your own... Uh, little functions and apps can put in their own functionality within there and I I think of it as like its own little uh, programming language okay so you can go in and define if a certain action happens then do uh, this um, function and then you can go infinite with that right you can pass information from one app to another or one function to another um, mm-hmm. And a lot of apps are building this in. Uh, one of my favorites um, that I don't think I mentioned to you, I mentioned a couple before the show, but this one I didn't mention is there's an app called Star Guide, which I really, really like mm-hmm. on iOS that uses AR uh, to, uh, if you're looking up at the night sky, you ever wonder what that star is or what you're seeing in the sky. This uses AR to you know, lay over 
what you're seeing with the camera and then project right to see exactly okay that's That's that star and all the uh, constellations and everything but now all you have to do is just point your phone in that direction you don't have to have the app open and say to siri you can define any trigger word Mm -hmm. um but i i program it to say okay what's what's that star and that'll automatically just say oh that's whatever that's cool and within seconds it's pretty crazy that's really cool yeah google has an app like that but it's a piece of crap and it hasn't been updated since oh yeah yeah that hasn't been updated in a long time or something yeah it's it's a it's it's a dumpy app i don't recommend anybody get there's probably a better one on the play store but um Um, a lot of augmented really cool. reality stuff. AR kit too was launched, so a lot of uh, apps will be taking advantage of that. Should be uh, uh, more accurate. Uh, one of those uh, apps that now becomes a default app on your phone is a new measure app yeah. that allows you to measure distances from objects and then spaces. Uh, you can measure a square, uh, the the area of uh, of a shape uh, if you draw uh, like a rectangle around it. My coworker um, was excited about that one. He was yeah. like running around measuring stuff around the office. Yeah, we don't have to go through every single. There's so many features. We linked to a nine to five Matic article mm-hmm. uh, that uh, uh, shows uh, walks you through some main features. One thing that I was disappointed about is they promised when they showed off iOS 12 initially was group uh, FaceTime chat that has been delayed. So it's going to be released later this fall. That they they said. So probably iOS 12.1, mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming. Yeah, probably um, one of the so security that, updates. And that allowed you to chat with up to, video chat with up to 32 people. That's ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it insane. is quite a, quite a lot. But um, <laughs> also I, with I that, so I have Hangouts or yeah. from uh, FaceTime. Yeah, <laughs> we could. And then I, we can em, em, embed uh, Memojis into that call as well so, so many layers yeah um <laughs> and then uh with ios 12 we also got new versions of watch os new tv os version um out as well um and homepod got an update it got a very <laughs> short short uh, mention within the keynote last week uh but that homepod update uh was released one of the key features there is now you can make phone calls um and in on your home home pod and you can set multiple timers yeah they were like so, oh yeah multiple timers <laughs> like on the way out <laughs> right yeah, Tim was Cook's like very, walking off stage just like oh yeah, yeah multiple timers on this we forgot <laughs> yeah that was a um, whole, whole lot of updates for uh, all your uh, all you apple uh product yeah. owners out there there was a whole and like yeah I'm, I'm just like scrolling right now and i was trying to go slowly to give people who were at, following the stream time to <laughs> but it's it. just like okay but it just kept going <laughs> it was just so long um but yeah there's there is that but there is also some notable things that were removed from apple's repertoire as well that i wanted to take a moment to talk about and um some of them include the last versions of an iphone that featured a headphone jack so um they got rid of the iPhone 10, we which we talked about last week, but they also got rid of the iPhone 6s, and they also removed the um, iPhone SE as well. So our uh, episode last year is no longer valid. The SE has been discontinued. Um, I know we were talking about this a bit during the pre-show, but um, the iPhone SE, I think, is the big the big story here when it comes to Apple killing off um, these older generations of iOS devices and the 10, for whatever reason, this seems, I think that's the first time they've ever done that killed off and discontinued a phone within one year of its development cycle. Right. They typically just move it down uh, yeah. and then reduce the price. But I yeah. think now that the iPhone 10 has uh, died and now the XR the 10R is taking its place. I mean, the iPhone 10 launched in what November? It's not even a year old yet. But um, that being said, um, that could irk some fans just because um, the iPhone SE was like that one phone which was still following that what four point something inch screen size, and at the same time still bringing 
like the latest and greatest of what Apple had to offer in that form factor. And I think that is where um, you're going to see a lot of the problems with complaints and um, this push that Apple has to move towards its luxury line and to stay as more of like a high end phone company. Uh, It's just, it was a weird move. Um, like it would have been great if they would have kept the SE for one ninety nine, make yeah. it more accessible to pretty much right. everyone out there, and have a one ninety nine phone. Yeah, like that would have made headlines all over the world, right? That would have been, even though if anything that Apple announces and make headlines all over the world, no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this will be more really affecting a lot of people. They're like, oh, I really want an iPhone, but they're like, I don't want, I can't afford one. Mm-hmm. They're too expensive. I know some people um, with the iPhone SE. Yeah. And they like it. But like, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that my dad would have gotten that if he, if that was an option at the time. But Or even just keep the 6S around, right? To keep yeah. the smaller one and then perhaps keep the bigger one uh, off and just have the smaller one if people yeah. still want that smaller phone. Now, the important distinction here is that these phones did get iOS 12. Yes. But you, know, you are, can no longer buy them. Yeah, you can no longer buy them. That's the issue. So if you're looking to get one of these, then you may have to consider a secondhand market such as a friend you know who has one or say eBay or Swappa, which is a great site. Um for purchasing secondhand devices. Also um, selling your old ones if you're upgrading. Secondhand, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that may be something that I do in the future. I haven't decided yet. Um, I've sold my smartwatch on it just because I realized I don't use it for anything really. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like I'm thinking that, I mean, also, I think the other big thing is that, which we didn't talk about during the pre show, is that this is the official end of an iOS device having a headphone jack. Yeah. You Currently, can no longer buy. Yeah. You can no longer walk into an Apple store and buy an Apple product or iPhone with the headphone jack. Yeah. They still haven't taken that away from the iPad and the MacBooks, but um, I'm sure they're next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Although the Mac, I think will be the last one to dish it. And if, yeah, probably. if not the MacBook, then the MacBook pro will be the last one to ditch it. I could see the Mac I could see them spinning the headphone jack as some kind of like an enthusiast's port or like a legacy port that they might need to support on a pro edition model, but then again they reduced it to only a type C connector anyway. They didn't keep like the micro SD card slot or the right. display connections or anything like that. They were like, eh, you know, developers they only need type C. But I could see them keeping the headphone jack around on the MacBook pro at least yeah for a little bit yeah i don't think we're ready to kill that off just yet because just because like so many high-end audio devices from musicians use the um the 3.5 millimeter jack or at least something that you can use an adapter to get it to plug into that port um there are there's a the market for type c headphones is severely lacking um which may change with the new line of pixel phones coming out, but that's just a rumor. So um, that's unconfirmed as of yet. Um, but yeah, so the SE was at $350, which was arguably their only budget phone. Uh, the iPhone seven starts at 450. And even then like an iPhone seven, which is what three or four generations old, starting at $450. Like that's expensive yeah. when you're looking at, the line of other phones that you can get for cheaper or around that price. Yeah. Um, definitely. So definitely. this is officially the end of Apple is catering to lower end. And this would have been the year to do it. I think if they were going to do, if they were going to open the market to like India or countries where purchasing a full fledged flagship iPhone may not necessarily be the smartest decision for them. Like this would be the year I think that they would have done it. And they, they've shown that they're just moving away from that. Yep. You can get and a I, phone it, that costs $1,500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as, as as long as people keep buying it, the peop, they're going to keep making expensive iPhones. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the only thing that will change them is if people just like, yeah, I'm not into buying yeah. uh, really expensive smartphones. And I just, they, everybody just starts switching over. Then, right, they'll, they'll 
take a second look at it and then, you know, change their mind on this. But until then, and from what it seems like, people are, are still going to buy expensive smartphones, yeah, uh, iPhones. And so I don't see it changing anytime soon. Me neither. But um, the article that we have, this Business Insider, has a very interesting closing point that I think you're going to want to expand on in a couple of minutes. Um, it says, in addition to dropping the iPhone models, Apple also appears to be backing away from AirPower, the wireless charging product that it announced last year, and it seems to have removed nearly all mentions of AirPower from its site. Yeah. Here, I, I'm, folks, lies the conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> Where is the AirPower? Ladies and gentlemen, time to put on your tinfoil hats and join us for a conspiracy theory circle featuring myself, Irvin, and the air power device, which may never yeah. be. <laughs> so we, we briefly mentioned this that the last week when we talked about the Apple event, that there was no mention of this device at all during the keynote. Um, after people have, were looking around the website and noticed that it pretty much was removed. The only place that um, I've seen um, the mention of the air power is on the AirPods page. Mm-hmm. So it mentions having the AirPods and then... Um, you can get the optional wireless charging case for the AirPods, uh, but it says in, in, in parentheses, currently not available. Um, that's pretty much the only mention of it. They didn't have ever talked about it um, in the keynote, like we mentioned. And people are, are like, it's, it was announced a, a year ago. Where is it? Yeah. Uh, what's so hard about making a... Uh, wireless charger. Well, it looks like it's harder than they thought was. Chargers are hard. It was. Yeah. It looks- uh, charger, I mean, charge. I mean, if if it was easy, I think a lot more, like a lot more, you know, manufacturers of wireless chargers have would have come out with devices that support, you know, yeah, uh, devices, multiple devices, which there are some, but they're not to the level that I think Apple is aiming for. Yeah, Apple is pretty much aiming for for having this surface where you can lay an Apple device on anywhere. You don't have to put it in a specific location or just charge no matter what order that you laid them out on. I know that uh, in, in a couple months ago when uh, Samsung announced the new Galaxy Watch and the Note 9, they released a charger that charges both of those devices wirelessly. But you, there's a, a place for the watch and then there's a place for the phone. You can't mix and match and there's, yeah. you know, it's not. That's probably for um, a very valid reason. Um, so chargers are hard. Yeah, cool. So this <laughs> this uh, uh, a report came out. Um, I'm that, just picturing like some warehouse in the back of their Cupertino offices that's just full of melted iPhone 10s and Apple watches, just and like just scorched air power mats from their like R and D department. <laughs> just like these things, I can only imagine how hot these things must have gotten. For them to yeah. be like, no, we can't do this yet. <laughs> the yeah, world so isn't ready of, for this. Yeah, so this report says that uh, overheating is one of the issues that they're seeing. So this thing is apparently is supposed to have 21 to 24 power coils in various sizes all over the mat uh, in three groups. That allows you to charge up to, of course, the three devices anywhere on the mat, like just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so supposedly they can't figure out the... Um, um, the heating issue as well as trying to get a consistent charge on all the devices all at once. Uh, so using the power management, apparently it's a, the, the air power is supposed to run a controller trip. That's a stripped down version of iOS. Yeah, there was like <laughs> the, same, the same chip that was, I think we were talking about that. It has the mm-hmm. same chip that was in the iPhone 6 or the 6S or whatever. Um, which is impressive for a charging mat, but um, like especially I, I think with, they were too, it to cool I think they were just too ambitious. Yeah. Um, uh, Can you imagine like the heat sink you would need on that too in order to like dissipate? <laughs> it would look like uh, it would look like a desktop computer. Yeah, but like. Yeah, they were they were too ambitious. They were premature in their announcement. I think they were excited. They thought yeah they they thought that they could get it done faster, and they in um um you know get it done faster. (laughs) Because anybody who's used a wireless charging device before knows that phones get hot when you do that. And this is just with one device charging. 
So like when you have this dedicated mat that's supposed to charge, it's supposed to not only charge three devices, but charge it with enough power to be like equivalent to a, the wired solution. Like, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to work at all. And I th- but I do think that when Apple does perfect this technology, I think you may see them try to push to get rid of the lightning adapter, have a portless phone. <laughs> I think that's their uh, ultimate goal to have an, uh, so. uh, a phone without an orifice. Yeah, a sealed phone. <laughs> an orifice. <laughs> Never heard it described that way before, but we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Read not sure what, not, no yeah, more not, orifices. <laughs> um, that's good. That's good. I like that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to have this device out anytime soon. Especially if they're scrubbing all mentions of it. Yeah. Maybe early next year. Yeah. I don't maybe. see. Maybe maybe next year they'll have some kind of information on it. Um, they are. But the, and the one thing that's important to note is they're still advertising the AirPod wireless charging case, which is going to be coming out sure. later. Um and all the other devices, I believe, charge through Qi, right? Yeah. So um, you could technically, if you wanted to get, if you wanted to do this yourself, you could just buy three Qi chargers and lay them next to each other and then just dream, <laughs> burn some incense in Tim Cook's name next to it, channeling your positive energy. Oh. <laughs> uh, mm, I don't know. I think that's, I think that we're, we haven't, we haven't heard the end of air power, but I also think that um, it's definitely going to be, um, a very, very long time before we see anything promising come out of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, so. he, hopefully they can figure out the technology. Yep, and um, hopefully we don't see it canceled because it would be cool. It would definitely push Qi charging technology forward if they could make this work because it really right. is yeah. very ambitious. Yeah, and then you could just buy. You know, other people I'm assuming will copy it, and then you just buy all kinds of pads and you just layer phone or whatever because a lot of devices are now getting wireless chargers if they can get this technology down i think honestly it's a matter of time before ikea comes up with an end table <laughs> where the entire surface is a it's just a chi charger yeah i would honestly not be surprised if they could achieve if like if they could do this with reasonable cooling i wouldn't be surprised if ikea went into smart home tech like that um, right. Because that would be like the perfect application for an, an an entire coffee table or end table that is a charger. So it's like, oh, do you need to charge your phone? Just go sit it down over there. It'll charge just fine. But we'll see. Um, but we should we should move on. Um, yeah, Ajit Pai has some opinions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's he's mad at so- California. That's for sure. <laughs> He's been calling so, it neutrality radical and illegal. Yeah, so we talked about a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, California pressed, uh, passed a, a new net neutrality law that basically overrules the, the, the uh, uh, things that were put in by the FCC that sort of takes away you know, net, net neutrality. Um, and they put in regulations that uh, put them back in just uh, in their state. And he, uh, Ajapai, who's the chairman of the FCC, FCC has uh, uh, put out statements calling it radical and legal. Um, I know when this initially uh, happened, uh, when FCC overturned the, the net neutrality rules, they did say that uh, states won't it won't be allowed to overturn it. But I guess the states aren't listening. <laughs> I mean, like there isn't really much they can do about it because it's not federally mandated. So I'm pretty sure like I, I'm, I'm no expert on politics, but I'm pretty sure they can't overturn this Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's not a federally yeah. regulated thing. And like one of our constitutional rights is that anything that's not rated regulated federally is up to the states. Right. So I, don't know, I mean, he's blowing a lot of hot steam. Yeah. My favorite sentence, he says, is, is that the Internet should be run by engineers, entrepreneurs, and technologists, not lawyers, bureaucrats, and politicians. And I'm like, wow. 
Why do you agree with the rest of the world, Agipi? Yeah. I'm like, California is full of engineers, entrepreneurs, and technologists, and not lawyers, bureaucrats, and politicians. So they right. must be doing something right. What are you? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What, what is he then? If he's not. What are you doing defining how the internet should be run? Yeah. Um, uh, it's fine. California will will not be part of the continuous United States after a couple more uh, earthquakes anyway. So yeah, maybe they'll just form their own country. They'll just separate. <laughs> physically yeah it's like um the largest economic sector of the country is just like nah we're gonna do what we want to do so like honestly the government could fight back but california has such a huge impact on the country's economy that like i'm pretty sure that they could buy out more politicians than Agipai could so i think that's i think that's funny yeah, so after this, uh, after hearing the, the chairman remarks, the California State Senator Scott Wiener um, mm-hmm. said that the criticism were pot shots and wouldn't uh, dissuade California legislators. Yeah. I like how Ajapai is attacking California from the farthest state from California, <laughs> from Maine, like the exact opposite <laughs> side of the United States. He's like yelling from across the fence really far away. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's he's, he's focused on that zero rating practice where telecom companies exempt certain apps and services for counting towards a data cap. And he says on the surface, this sounds like a really great deal for consumers. If he had argued on Friday and I'm like, cool on the surface, if you go literally any deeper, it's not in the end. Yeah. So we do have first hand experience because we have, we both have T-Mobile and they do zero rating. Or they used to anyway with the older services mm-hmm. um, where like, most people now have the unlimited plan on T-Mobile. But if you have one of their older plans, which has a limit, uh, which I did for a long time, it had a six gigabyte limit, but it wouldn't wouldn't count like Spotify, music streaming services or YouTube or Netflix against that six gigabytes. Yeah. So I could watch Netflix all day on LTE and I would still have six gigabytes of usable data left. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's zero rating. And then um, it, I felt like it was benefit to me, but I see the downsides of it as well. Yeah. Um, where it's good in like, the short term. Yeah. Which was um, the, the that, that's how they get people. The short right. term. Right. But the, I think the zero rating that I don't like is the one that AT&T is doing where uh, now AT&T owns DirecTV and now they're zero rating if uh, the DirecTV app. So if you want to watch... Mm-hmm. Direct TV, you can watch as many as you want, as much as you want, without it counting against your uh, data limit. Um, and that, that's a different type of relationship because they're owned by you know the same company. So it's like you're favoring one service over over another. Let's say if Comcast wants to uh, come in, and they're now uh, you know people are less likely to use the Xfinity streaming service that they might have compared to the, the DirecTV one because uh, now it's going to count against their um, data limit. They're like, the consumers are like, eh, yeah, I'm just going to go with DirecTV. Um, yeah. And that's not fair. That's not uh, putting out like an, you know, an equal market out there or uh, equal opportunity for all, you know, just to getting the best service to win whatever service that people choose now. It sort of skews the way that people think about, oh, what should a service that I should go with? Mm-hmm. yeah and i mean you can argue it all day and the fact that he's mad about it is the sign that it's getting to his level um so it's it's a good thing i think um so i i, I don't know like i'm happy with this and i'm definitely like like really looking forward to seeing what this does because this sounds kind of like a like him panicking a little because he realizes that states can just ignore him yeah if he's gonna do this and if that's the case then what's the point of the fcc because if if so if a state can just roll back whatever they're gonna do then i don't understand what the what they what they can and i I, and i hope more uh, states follow suit yeah i think so put some pressure on Washington and, and say that really we don't want this. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, there's something else I don't want. 
a lot. Yeah. Um, What's that? That is people uh, messing with your memes. You know, we go through some articles on our <laughs> podcast, but the most important one I think is Article Thirteen. And <laughs> yes, to long story yeah. short, I I want memes, and I need my memes. Like I am finally able to upgrade my work computer. So the first thing I did was back up my memes because they are very valuable to me. <laughs> um, but they're saying, and, and like having looked at these laws only on the surface level and not even having too much of a chance to dig very deep into the article that, and like the, the law itself, like it looks terrifying at face value. And, um, so for those of you who aren't familiar with what Article 13 is, and um, maybe you've seen these memes online, but I'm sure you probably have seen them, Irvin, the, the hand-drawn versions of very popular memes that may have been showing up. Um, like people yeah. have been going into like Microsoft Paint and like right. redrawing classic memes so they could use those in the event that Article 13 passes. Um, just so they could have them all as original art. And... Uh, they, so th what this is um, on the surface is the copyright directive, um, which is what the European Parliament voted in favor of um, over the past week, uh, which is a controversial piece of legislation intended to update copyright laws for this new age of the Internet that both is amazing and scares European politicians into writing ridiculously overreaching laws. Um, so it was originally rejected. Um, following criticisms of two of its key provisions, Articles 11 and 13, which was the link tax and upload filter by its critics. Um, however, um, in Parliament, as of the writing of this article, which was, just to scroll up, September 12th, um, 11 and 13 passed. The final vote was 438 in favor for 226 against. Um, it's always really good when people who have no idea how the internet works get to write laws about how it works. <laughs> um, because it's basically what this law does, Article 13 in particular, is it would force um, online platforms from having a filter on their uploads to ensure that no content coming into their website was copyrighted. Which means two things. Either we need to expand AI to be able to spot copyrighted content or we need to have a person checking every file that gets uploaded to Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, everything to make sure that it's not copyrighted. And this is incredibly unrealistic to ask of these companies, especially like companies that aren't as big as YouTube and Instagram right. and Facebook. Like they, yeah. they don't have the infrastructure to do this and, it's a ridiculous ask, I think. I think it's just this, like, we've seen some stupid stuff come from the European Union before, but I think this one takes the cake in, like, the dumbest article that I've seen come out of their parliament. Yeah. When it comes to interacting with um, just the internet. I don't know. Um, what do you think about this? It, it's infuriating. It is a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, it, it it will change how you know the the uh, you know these companies operate in the EU. Um, and I think the sort of segregate right. So the GDPRs were launched um, earlier this year in the in the EU. Um, it sort of changed how the, the you know the websites behave and and uh, and uh, um, protect your data. Right. I think that was a great thing that was done in the. I hope that is mimicked. Mm -hmm. um, all around the world, but I think this is completely not benefit benefiting anyone. Yeah. Um. There, I think this isn't the right solution. Um. I'm. I don't know if there is a perfect solution to this, but I don't think this is it. Yeah. Um, this is like um, in like a lot of scenes from the show, like The Office, when like they, someone tells like a really funny joke, and yeah. everybody loves it the first time around. And then, like, the next joke they have is, like, incredibly offensive and, like, targeted and really just bad and no one laughs. And they're like, you, 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 had, you had a good thing going and then you ruined it there. Like, that's what the European Union did. Yeah. They right. 
had a really good thing going with the GDPR and then they just released this right after and we're like oh cool there goes all your credibility that's the European Union that we know the one that tries to scare people about politics and scare right. people about the use of their data I'm like that's who, that's the European Union that I remember <laughs> yeah. so I it's they think that it's good for the creative industries in Europe for protecting their IP but I think that this is uh, an IP being intellectual property. And I think this is the exact opposite um, because it is going to have a massive hindrance in open share um, websites such as, uh, and for, and like not for profit. Um, uh, and they have included exceptions for those. Some of them like GitHub and Wikipedia. Um, mm. But I think that like, you can't just provide exceptions like that. Like I think, it's in, it's literally impossible to manage this. Um, I don't know. It just seems it's scaremongering. I don't know. Yeah, a the little European, bit. European Union's on some dumb stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see uh, what happens if the if final if it gets finalized and actually put it gets put into law. Um, yeah. and we'll see how it'll um, change. You know, the internet. You know it's bad when Wikipedia is exempt from this law, and even they're still like, "What?" <laughs> Their founder, uh, Jimmy Wales, and the inventor of the World Wide Web itself, Tim Berners Lee, both came out against this, being like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, there's no way that you could scan all data being uploaded to sites like YouTube and Facebook, especially with like YouTube, where they have like what multiple petabytes of videos a day going yeah. onto their site. Yeah. Like there's no way that you could do that. So I don't know. More to follow on this if it gets worse. But um here's hoping that it doesn't pass the next round. It's due for a final vote. I think it's January nineteenth, so expect us to follow up on this one. And hopefully there's some kind of like blackout or something. It'd be cool if all the sites like throttled their uploads just as like a protest for this to show people what it would actually be like like you go to post on Facebook and it's like your post will be available in three hours <laughs> to give us time to review to make sure that your, that your Facebook wall status update has no copyrighted material in it whatsoever right yeah they should totally do that they should yeah YouTube is like your video will be available in 13 days <laughs> After manual review by uh, Susan Wichinski herself. eBay is like, your product will be listed in four to six business days. Here's a tracking <laughs> number to follow your upload to see where it goes through our review oh process. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that'll annoy people and that'll really get the message across. Be like, yeah, like, this is a great idea on paper. Like, why don't we make sure that people with, like, creative stuff and, like, and we've complained about it. I've complained about it at least for things like, um, people steal videos from YouTube and upload them separately to Facebook so they don't link to the original video and then they claim it as their own content. Like that happens all the time. But trying to manage that, I think, unless you're the owner of the IP itself, I think that's unrealistic. Yeah. It's just, uh, but if you're if you're out there listening to the to the podcast, any of you founders of these advanced tech companies, then I strongly encourage you go forward with one of those protests, I would fully support it. I think that would be amazing. Um, and I'm pretty sure that most of the internet would be behind it as well. Uh, but speaking of behind things, <laughs> <laughs> I think that a billionaire is due to be behind the moon at some point, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's one way to work. Hey man, yeah. I'm trying over here. <laughs> I'm like slowly losing it to this cold. <laughs> I think that's coming on. But. Yeah. So uh, during our, our episodes right now, uh, live, uh, the SpaceX is uh, going through an announcement of the first first private passenger to uh, make a round trip uh, around the moon uh, in the BFR rocket. Uh, they yet to launch BFR rocket. And uh, so we put this article before the show started and while the sh our show was going on, uh, they put out the announcement. Uh, it is 
uh, they have confirmed and, and he's on stage right now. I've had it up on a separate tab this entire time. So I've been peeking over there uh, on my computer. Um, it's a, a Japanese billionaire, uh, Yusaku Meizawa. I uh, hope that I pronounced that correctly. Okay. Um, and he is the first uh, private uh, citizen to fly around the moon. That's awesome. Um, so that has been confirmed. He's on stage with Elon Musk right now giving a talk um, on it at SpaceX headquarters in Los Angeles. Um, should be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's no mention of price <laughs> of what he paid, but currently... Uh, this gentleman uh, from Japan is has a net worth, uh, according to Wikipedia, about three billion dollars. Uh, so he has some cash to, you know, uh, put yeah. onto this project. Uh, but they have stated that uh, he will pay uh, for what it would cost. Right. So he's paying what SpaceX is saying it would cost to put a man around the moon. He's paying all of that. There's no other third party or anything helping out with that. So he's footing that bill. There's a reason um, why they picked a billionaire to be the first private citizen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yes. not just some guy from like the streets of New York or walking around. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the, I've, I've never heard of this uh, gentleman. Maybe that's why he did um, it. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe. Put his name out there. Yeah. Put his name out there. But uh, uh, he seems to be an art curator currently. Uh, that's okay. his main sort of thing that he's doing. Um, sounds like a very billionaire thing to do. Yeah. Um, also, during this uh, announcement, they announced uh, they they showed off a brand new design for their uh, spaceship sort okay. of thing. The, the the top piece of the Big Falcon rocket that uh, once after launches will actually go around. Did you put an article uh, the, in the notes? I, I want to follow yeah. along with you. Okay. You know, so I put a, I put a, just a CNBC article. It just has some uh, small okay. things yeah, uh, in there. Put this up on our live stream. Right yeah. So, so they, they updated the design and it makes it look a lot like the space shuttle, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it, so previously it had just had one wing on the back and now has three wings, two of which can can uh, move, uh, adjust their angle uh, based yeah. on how quickly it's like, you know, descending uh, whatever planet that it's going to descend onto eventually, <laughs> uh, if, if Earth or others. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to actually listening to the talk uh, probably later this week. Uh, to see, like, to hear the exact details of the changes that were made uh, to uh, the rocket. Um, so, uh, I love his Twitter handle. Oh, they did announce the date of the launch. It should be they said that they wanted to launch in 2023. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And he says that he. Um, he chooses to go to the moon with artists in 2023 yeah. as the host. He would like to invite six to eight artists from around the world to join him on this mission to the moon. Wow. Will he be paying for those as well? I would hope so. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be something to look forward to. But like I said, his Twitter handle is great. Have you seen his Twitter handle? No, I have not. It's a uh, you suck 2020. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Yusaku, so I think yeah. that's a play off of his name. Yeah, but it's it's funny, um, and he seems really excited for it too. Um, yeah, he's he's just posted about the announcement as well. But um, yeah, so I, I'm this is going to be exciting to watch, and in 2023, our listeners can be sure that we will be reporting on this as well. We should yeah. do if. Um, when it gets to that point, we should do a live broadcast. <laughs> yeah. 2023 so is a ways away. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he has a, a page up about more details uh, directly about um, his plans, right, for going up around the moon. If you want to check it out, it's called it's dearmoon.earth, which I think is a great, uh, is. great domain name. <laughs> I didn't even know .earth was a... Uh, 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 TLD. Um, we'll we'll have Dot Mars next. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think 
once websites start launching on Mars. Um, <laughs> um, but if you want to uh, read more information about him, find out who he is, why he wants to do it. And also it gives a uh, an estimate of the flight plan of what they're uh, trying to do and the schedule um, of when they uh, want to uh, go ahead and uh, uh, launch and all keep up, keep up with all the updates on, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and it looks like Weibo, which I think is a, a Japanese uh, social network. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've heard of that, but yeah. yeah. And he has a little video on there as well. Uh, and then you can check out SpaceX's uh, YouTube channel if you want to watch the announcement uh, yourself. But this sort of happened during the show and wanted to give you guys a, an update on uh, uh, on this announcement because I, I knew I, I was interested in it. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely cool. I'm excited to like just just follow this and just see how it develops, like what the artists are that he picks and um, just learn as much as I can about how this is going to go down. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been since 1972, since the last people oh, wow. have visited the moon. Huh. Um, and only two, two dozen have ever been to the moon, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of crazy. Hmm. Think about it's been that long, right? We sort of, sort of the space yeah. race it's been a sort while. of stopped and slowed down quite significantly. Um, cause I didn't think there was any, you know, push from pretty much anyone, right? There's no incentive for, you know, NASA or others, private, uh, space companies to, you know, push the limits and, and try to expand. And I, uh, and I, uh, applaud SpaceX for pushing the limits. Yeah, man. Me too. Um, but if that's everything that you have to go over, I think that's the end of the episode. Yeah, we had a short week, but I think we had a couple good discussions. We made it work. Yeah, we made it work. We made it. We always do. Yeah, we we do. We can we talk. Can. We we can talk hours about pretty much anything tech related. I think if yeah. you and I get on. <laughs> yeah. No, especially like last week. I think we had a good rhythm just because there was so much to talk about. But um, this week has been a little bit slower, um, unfortunately. But there's still plenty to talk about and like plenty going on. That's the nice thing. That's the thing that I love about tech news. Like there's always just something to talk about, whether it's like a recap of old stuff or um, something new, there's like always something to keep a conversation going. And I think that that's something that we do well. Definitely. Yeah. But um, for those of you listening, if you liked what you hear and you happen to be listening to this on a friend's device, be it an iPhone SE or anything else, um, you can check us out at any of your favorite podcasting apps, whether that be the podcast app on iOS or um, Stitcher, Google Play, um, Spotify, um, Pocket Cast, literally anywhere that you can find quality streams, you can find us. Uh, if you want to catch up with us on social media, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Industry 4.0, all spelled out. Um, if you want to go and check us out at our home, we call home at uh, Industry 4.0, all spelled out, dot podbean.com. Um, and feel free to tweet at us with anything that you might find interesting during the week for tech news that you'd like to hear about on the show, um, as well as comments and suggestions and tips of of things that you liked or didn't like throughout the show. Um, the interaction with some fans is good and we have had some, uh, back and forth with some of you guys on Twitter and it's always good to hear from people who like the show and want to see it improve just as much as they want to listen to it as well. Um, and if you like it a lot, I would love it if you went on to any one of our platforms and dropped us a review, um, be that iTunes or Stitcher. Um, those two get us arguably the biggest um, public push, and they help us get to more people. Um, and they also provide us with some valuable information on what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. So if you find yourself on one of those, feel free to drop us a review. And next time, maybe Liza will be on the stream because you can definitely hear her right now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so with that being said, this is or this has been episode 68 and we'll see you guys in the next one. 